Welcome to Chapters of Motherhood. This is a weekly podcast about this hashtag mom life that is motherhood with all the struggles, chaos, and true blessings that come with the title mom. I am your host, Veronica. At 17 years old, I became a mom for the first time. And at 41, I had a water birth for my fifth baby. The goal of this podcast is to share with you my motherhood experience and hopefully help you realize that you are not alone in your own mom life journey. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, working mom, or a single mom, from potty training struggles, bedtime snuggles, and everything in between, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I share your frustrations and your joys. Every week is a different chapter of motherhood. Hi, friends. I'm sorry that I'm so late. I'm like four days late on this week's podcast episode. But I've been very busy with appointments for myself and for my five-year-old Emily, which brings me to today's episode, Kid Injuries. But before I get into all that, I just want to remind you about my giveaway. You still have two more weeks to enter and win the Halo Glow Kit trial. All you have to do is subscribe to the podcast, which if you're listening, you're probably already subscribed, so check. Follow me on Instagram at Chapters of Motherhood. Write a review and take a screenshot and post it on your IG and then tag me on it. All the details will be on the show notes. In fact, you can do it right now while you're listening. Just write a review on whatever directory that you're listening to or listening on that is and take a screenshot and just tag me on it at Chapters of Motherhood on Instagram. Now back to today's topic on child injury. There's just nothing scarier than when your baby is hurt or injured. I mean, there's your usual slip and falls and scraped knees. But what I'm talking about is like injuries where you're sure something's broken or you definitely need to take the kids to the emergency room. Not for illnesses, because that's just a totally different topic. This is just for physical injuries. So starting with Adam now, you know, a boy is always going to get cuts and bruises and scrapes and, you know, falls and things like that. But Adam was actually not that bad. He didn't get injured that often. There was this one time when he was about five or six years old, and I happened to be in school at the time, and my um, first husband had taken him to a family gathering or a party. And he, you know, Adam was ADHD, so he was super hyper, and he was always running around, always jumping, always doing things. This particular day, he decided to climb up on a fence and jump off. And one way or another, I wasn't there, so I am only repeating what I was told. One way or another, he had jumped off and scraped his face against a wooden plank. That or on the wood itself, I'm not really sure how it happened. But um, by the time I got home, my husband had already cleaned him up and put some ointment on him. And so he called, he told me what happened. And we looked at him and his earlobe looked pretty swollen and something inside felt really hard. And so we cleaned him up as best as possible. He said that it did hurt and it was swollen. So we gave him, you know, Tylenol to deal with the pain and stuff like that. And that happened on a Saturday. So on Sunday, it didn't look good. It looked pretty bad. It looked like it was starting to get an infection, his earlobe. So on Monday morning, I took him in, um, same day visit. 
Or no, it's not called Steve Davis. It's called, um, I guess it's, it was an urgent visit, but it was with his pediatrician. Well, anyways, the pediatrician took a look at him and said, oh, you know, it's starting to get a little infected. Let's give you some ointment with antibiotics on it and it should be fine. And I told her, something feels hard inside. You know, if you press on his earlobe, something feels hard inside. And it looks really, you know, his earlobe looks long and stretched and very swollen. And she said, oh, that's nothing to worry about. That's just the infection. It'll clear up. So I took him home and we were taking care of him. And he just kept complaining that, you know, it was hurting and there was something hard inside. And I think it was like two days later that his body started to reject the foreign object that was inside. And we didn't know something was in there because she, you know, the pediatrician had said, there's nothing, no, there's nothing there. He's fine. It's just swollen. Well, like I said, two days later, something started like poking up and we thought, oh, is that a scab? Like, is that the scab? And it turned out to be once we started moving it, it was kind of like a splinter, but I, I don't even know how to describe it. It was pretty thick. It was not just, you know, a small little splinter that you couldn't see. It was thicker than a toothpick, but not as thick as like half a pencil, not as thick as that. So I would say it was um, maybe as thick as three toothpicks put together. And so it was a splinter that was in his ear. And once we started like messing with it, we got our tweezers and we pulled it out. And it was a long piece of wood. I would have to say it was about like maybe a quarter of an inch long and pretty thick. And so I was like really upset. So I took him back to the doctor and I was like yelling at her and showing her the little stick. And she's like, oh, okay. So, well, the body rejected it. So it's okay. And I mean, yeah, I, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, but this could have been dealt with days ago and he wouldn't have been going through this pain and it wouldn't have gotten infected. So that was one injury that wasn't too big of a deal, but it did bother him for days. Now, the next time something serious happened to Adam, he was about 13 and he was a skater kid. He liked to skate. He liked to do the tricks and he was already starting to ask for like a camera so he could record himself. Well, one day he asked me if he can go, you know, skating with his friends. And I said, yeah, that's fine. And he calls me telling me that he thinks that he broke his ankle. And so I rushed over to where he was. And he was telling me that he was trying to, I don't even know the skating terms, but um, I guess he was trying to slide down a banister, like the stair banister, with his skateboard. And he did not do the landing right, and he rolled on his ankle. And he couldn't move it, and he had taken off his uh, shoe, and it got really swollen. And at the time, I don't, I was grateful that he was okay and that he didn't, you know, crack his head open because, you know, kids don't wear helmets. But I was also angry. Like I got so angry at him. I understand it was, it was irrational for me to be angry at him. I get it. But I was angry and I got mad at him and I started yelling at him. Like, how could you do this to yourself? You should know better than that. Why did you, I told you not to do anything dangerous. And you know, meanwhile, all his friends are looking at us like, why is this lady yelling at him, <laughs> right? And so immediately I apologize. I'm sorry. You know, I'm just upset that you hurt yourself. Let's take you to the emergency room. And sure enough, I took him into the emergency room and he had a hairline fracture, which he needed a cast for. And so they gave him the cast. It only, he only had it for, I think, I think it was only four weeks. He healed pretty quickly. 
I think it was only four weeks. But in the meantime, I had never, you know, he was already 13 and I had never broken anything myself and he had never broken anything until that point. So I didn't really know how to take care of him. And we were living in a two-story home and his bedroom was on the second story. And I tried wrapping his leg up um, for showers and things like that. And it created just such an inconvenience for me because he used to skateboard to school and now I had to take him to school myself, which I mean, I know it sounds like Veronica, that's what you're supposed to do. But I had just gotten so used to him being so independent and me not needing to worry about taking him to school. But in the end, um, like I said, it was a hairline fracture and he healed pretty quickly. It was only um, four weeks. And he never really had problems with it afterwards. I mean, here and now, he would get, like, swelling, and he would have to nurse himself back. But it wasn't anything, like, sprained or rebroken or anything like that. He just knew that he needed to take some pressure off of it. So that wasn't that bad either. It was just more my fear of, I don't know what to do. And that was it as far as injuries were concerned for a boy. I think that's really good. Um, Leah was... She was a very careful child. You know, she was always by my side. She was very clingy to me. She never really left my side. In fact, whenever we would go to like family functions or parties or things like that, I would tell her, you know, go off and play. And she would run off, but she would always make sure that she had me in her sights. You know what I mean? Instead of me like looking out for her, she always made sure that she could see me. And if she couldn't see me, she would panic and come running and looking for me. So she was always a very careful child. As far as playing and doing any rough stuff, she really didn't. So the only time that I can remember that she hurt herself, that I had to take her to the emergency room, was she was in high school. It was her freshman year. And she says, I don't know what she was doing. She was holding on to a pole or or a door or wall or something. She had her arm extended doing something. And I guess her friends were like messing around and playing. And they accidentally bent her arm back to the point where it got overextended and they didn't realize that it was hurting her. They thought that she was being, you know, overdramatic. But once they realized that they were hurting her, they stopped and they realized that, oh, her elbow does not look normal. And so I took her to the emergency room and or not, it wasn't the emergency room. I took her to like an urgent care doctor and they sent us to an x-ray place and they said that nothing was broken, but that she did overextend a ligament. And so with that, she just needed a sling for a couple of weeks. And I mentioned that x-ray department because I'm still to this day being charged for that x-ray. I guess they messed up somehow or another and it wasn't covered through my insurance and they still send it to me. And I'm and I fight it because it's like, hey, you guys sent me there. You know, it was your job to make sure. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. But Um, She claims that she still has arm pain or that ligament pain still to this day. But there was nothing broken, nothing. I don't think it was ripped. It was just overextended. So next is Sophia. And honestly, Sophia hasn't had any physical injuries. But there is this really funny story about her when she was uh, two years old. And she had just learned to potty train. And she thought that it was funny to put the toilet seat insert. The training, you know, you know what I mean, like the toilet training insert that you put on top of the toilet seat. Well, anyways, she thought it would be funny to put it on her head and wear it as a hat and, you know, dance around with it. And so 
I told my mom, you know, don't let her do that. And she's like, oh, she's little. She's having fun. Leave her alone. She wants to play with it. And so that's how that would that would go. And so I thought, okay, you know, whatever. So one day I'm at work and my phone is just blowing up. It's just text and phone calls and texts. And I was in the middle of helping a client, so I couldn't like stop what I was doing to go answer. So once I was ready to say, excuse me, let me go check my phone. I hear a bunch of screaming in the background and it's Leah calling me, telling me, Sophia has the seat around her neck and she's panicking and she's screaming and crying and we don't know how to get it off. And grandpa has the big, um, it was those big scissors. What are they called? Um, the shears? What are they called? The shrub shears, I guess. You know, they're really big, long looking scissors to cut bushes. And so my daughter's telling me, Leah's telling me, grandpa's trying to cut it off and you know it's too close to her neck I was like oh my god what is happening and then during that call my husband had gotten home Will had gotten home too and walked into like this big old chaos so what happened was that Sophia put that toilet seat insert on her head and she pulled too hard and it went through her head and to her neck and so she tried to take it off, but she couldn't take it off. And she immediately panicked. And she was only two. And she immediately panicked and started screaming and crying and saying, Grandma, help me. Grandma, help me. And But she was running around so much that they were trying to chase her and they couldn't like stop her to help her. And my mom says it's so funny because she went around screaming to everybody, help me, help me. And at the time, Pookie was still alive. My little uh, Yorkie dog was still alive and she ran up to Pookie, Pookie, help me, help me. You know, she's just asking for help. And my dad, for whatever reason, decided that that was that that day he decided to day drink. And so he was intoxicated. So now on top of all that, he had the great idea of cutting off the seat. If you know what these toilet seat inserts look like, it's kind of hard to imagine it go through the head of a two-year-old and how close it is to their head and neck, and then to have the idea, well, let me cut it off while I'm intoxicated. So at that moment, like I said, Will walked in and he sees all this chaos and he sees my dad trying to, you know, cut it off of her and my mom like panicking, like it's too close and my daughter screaming. Well, anyway, he had to stop him from doing that. Like, no, 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 that's going to hurt her. And one way or another, between the two of them, they were able to break it off of her, off of her neck. So, like I said, that wasn't um, an injury, but it was like a really funny story that could have ended pretty badly, actually. But they were able to um, cut it and break it and take it off. So by the time that I got home, they said that when I got home, because I only worked like three minutes away from my house at that time. But when I got home, like seconds before I walked in, they had just removed it from her. And so she was crying in his arms and everything was fine, though. Now, other than that, Sophia, like I said, um, nothing really. The, you know what? The only thing that does come up a lot, and I only bring it up out of frustration, is that she gets car sick a lot a lot. Ever since she was a little baby, she would stick her little fingers down her throat and she would throw up. And we would always like in a panic, we were so scared because, you know, in the infant seats, you're reclined back and you could, you could breathe it in. So 
we were always like pulling over crazy in a panic, like whether it be the freeway or the streets or whatever we were driving. I remember always pulling over in a panic, almost getting hit because we needed to go back there and unclip her and, you know, turn her over so that she could throw up, you know, vomit and not inhale it. And so she's still to this day, um, we have to carry a plastic bag in the car in case she gets car sick because she gets car sick a lot, a lot. And I think that's one of the reasons why I also have started letting her sit up front because she just gets car sick all the time. Now, skipping Emily really quick, just to talk about Gracie. Grace and Emily, they're constantly injuring themselves you know, slips and falls, they land on their heads, they um, land very harshly on their butts, and it hurts their spine. For some reason, Emily kept throwing herself on her knees and landing on her knees, and that had started to do some damage on her knees. But, you know, like I said, these are all common, I don't want to say normal, but I do want to say common injuries for children. You know, the slips and falls and the bonks on the heads and stuff like that, but nothing too major, except that um, when Grace was about a year old, she had just turned a year old, I think, or maybe a year and a half, but she was being babysat by my oldest daughter, by Leah, and she was rocking herself in a lazy boy chair that rocks, and she decided to sit on the armrest and continue to rock. Well, in that, as Leah's trying to tell her, hey, don't do that, you know, come over here, don't do that. Grace lost her balance and fell off and landed in such a way where she dislocated her elbow and her whole arm was limp. And so Leah calls me immediately and tells me, oh, Grace fell in her arm. I think something's broken. I think her shoulder's broken. I don't know what happened. She fell off the chair. So there we rushed back, right? Or no, I think I was alone. Yes, I rushed back. And so I go get her and yeah, her whole shoulder is dropped and she's crying and she can't move it and I'm trying to get her to move it and she could barely like wiggle her fingers and she just really couldn't move it and every time we picked her up she would scream in pain and I'm like oh my gosh okay let me take you to the emergency room and so I took her to the emergency room and by the time we got seen it it had been already like hours by the time they took us back and uh, I told the doctor what had happened, and he felt around. He goes, okay, I think she might have dislocated her elbow, but, you know, let's take an x-ray. And the x-ray tech was just so uncaring. He just seemed so frustrated that she was crying. She couldn't sit still. Um, she's in pain, you know, and lucky for me, like, it seemed like I wasn't arguing with him. Like, he was, we weren't arguing with each other, but we were both, like, trying to get ourselves heard, if that makes sense. Like he was like, you need to hold her still. And I would turn around and would tell him she's in pain. How am I going to hold her still right now? Like it hurts her. And he just seemed very, not very compassionate. So lucky for me, the doctor came back in and was like, okay, well, let's try. He, he smoothed it over and he got the x-ray. And sure enough, it did show that she dislocated her elbow. It's called, um, it's very, actually, it's very common in children under four years old to have a dislocated elbow because um, a lot of the times parents will pick up their children by their arms or other kids will you know try to pick them up that way or try to spin them around you know what I mean like grabbing them by their arms and then spinning them around and they're so delicate that it can't pop right out of uh, place and so it is a very common injury it's also called pulled elbow or nurse nursemaid elbow well anyways um 
he adjusted it back into place and she was screaming. Oh my gosh, she was screaming in pain. I had never heard her scream like that, but she was screaming in pain and he had popped it back into place as, as he said, and put it back in there. But I mean, he was, you know, he was an ER doctor. He's not a chiropractor. You know what I mean? So he did the best he could and she was still in a lot of pain. It just hurt her. And I, I had to be very careful on, you know, how I held her and how I would put her into her car seat and how I would put her into her high chair and how I would pick her up out of her crib because she was only a year old and she needed all these equipment still and all this gear still. And so, and I would have to hold her. So she was always, she was in a lot of pain. And so the first chance I got, I took her to the chiropractor and she felt around. She's like, oh, oh, okay. I'm sure that he did the best he could. However, um, he did not do a good job, and she, that's why she's still in a lot of pain. So my doctor, Dr. Amanda, did uh, put her elbow back into place, and I had to see her. Gosh, I think, I think we had to see her for six weeks, I think it was, um, because she's such a little baby, and any little wrong move would hurt her and would, like, pull up a little bit. So, um, yeah, that's no joke. The nurse, nurse made elbow or pulled elbow, it sounds, you know, like not a big deal. It, it's actually very painful because you have to pick up your baby and you have to be very careful as to how you pick them up. And not to mention, you know, um, her older sisters, Sophia was, how old was she? She was seven at the time and Emily was only three. So they want to play with her and they want to pull on her and they want to get her to follow them and, so it was it was hard during that time to take care of her and make sure to not re-injure her. And and I admit it, I I did pick her up one time forgetting that she was injured and I picked her up and oh gosh, she screamed. I was like, "Oh no." And I called up. I'm like, "I got to go back again. I think I hurt her." So it it's hard to deal with a pulled elbow. But thankfully, she she's okay. Um she hasn't re-injured it since, which is a risk, not a risk, um, it would be common for her to re-injure her nursemaid elbow because since, since the injury already happened, it's common for it to happen again. So we're always really careful not to be pulling on her elbow. Okay, so even though I really like the flavor of peppermint in my CBD oil that I get from Friendly Family CBD, I know some people don't really like that taste, and it's okay, because we also offer gummies. These colorful little gummies allow you to enjoy the benefits of pure CBD hemp oil in a delicious and convenient way. Each gummy contains 20 milligrams of CBD hemp oil, helping to promote overall health. For more information, click on the website link in the show notes. Now, back to our show. Now for little Miss Emily, as I mentioned earlier, I've been pretty busy um, this last two weeks going to doctor's appointments. Let me start off at the beginning, okay? Emily is very accident prone, and she often hurts herself by accident. So back when Emily was uh, two weeks away from her first birthday, she was just being, you know, remember, she's she's a high-needs toddler, or she was a high-needs toddler. And 
about two weeks before her first birthday, she was just being very fussy. We were buying a house and we were at the bank and we were trying to finalize everything. And at that moment, she was just being very fussy. She just was flailing around and she was just being very fussy. And I was sitting down on a chair at the bank and I was holding her and she just out of nowhere, just slammed her face onto the armrest. Well, the armrest didn't have any cushion. It, it was wood. It looked, it, there was a fabric over it. It looked like it should have had a cushion, but it was just wood. And when she slammed her face down, she hit her nose and immediately started bleeding. And I was like, oh my God, she broke her nose. She broke her nose. And I was like freaking out, right? I had to go outside because we were both like freaking out. Like she was screaming and crying. I was like freaking out. Like she broke her nose and her nose was bleeding and it looked very swollen. And um, I was like trying to put pressure on her nose to get the bleeding to stop. And I was like, we got to go to the emergency room. We got to go. And my husband's like, they're not going to do anything. Like they're not going to do anything. She looks fine. Don't worry about it. Let's just go. And so after a little bit, she looked fine. We, we were icing it and she just, it looked fine, but you could always see a little bump on the side, on like one side of her nose. Like not, not on the bridge, like, I mean like on the side, like between the cheek and nose, there was a little bump. So other than that, she would always, I don't know why, but sometimes she would just slam her face on the floor. So I was always really careful of when she was throwing her tantrums, to I, I would let her throw her tantrums just so that she could get her frustration out. But I was very careful that she wouldn't slam her face or head on the floor because she would do that. So like I said, the normal or the common scrapes and bruises and bumps and things like that. And she'd throw herself on her knees. So I, I'm, I'm constantly taking her to the chiropractor to make sure that she's adjusted well. Um, but other than that, about a few months ago... She got up real early in the morning and Grace was playing with a plastic flower and it, it had like a long stem, this plastic flower. And they were, you know, sitting down together and they were playing. It was really early in the morning. They had just woken up and Grace was playing with this. Well, one way or another, Grace ends up poking Emily in the eye. Like her eye was wide open and with this plastic stem, she poked her right in the eye and so Emily was screaming in pain. And so we're like, let me see, let me see. And she was just screaming so much that I was like, this is bad. Like she she must have gotten her like really bad. We need to take her to the optometrist. And it happened to be a Saturday. Was it a Saturday or was it a Sunday? I think it was a Sunday. Most optometrists are closed. And lucky for us, we took her to Walmart because Walmart did have an optometrist that worked on Sundays. And so we took her in and she took a look at her and she said, yeah, her cornea is scratched and it's it's actually a really bad scratch. So she's going to be very sensitive to the light because that was the other thing. She was like screaming anytime she had to have her eye open near a window and the light was just bothering her. So she said, yeah, the scratch is pretty deep. She's going to need antibiotics. She's going to need ointments and drops you got to keep her out of the sun. You got to, you know, make sure she wears sun sunglasses because the, the light irritates her. So make sure that she's in dark rooms. And if you have to take her out or anywhere bright, make sure to have the sunglasses on and keep her out of school. And so with that, I was putting on her drops and her ointments and she wanted to see her back in a week. So sure enough, a week later, and I kept her home from school, I would have to say maybe at least um, maybe the, the whole week, I think I did. And when I took her back, 
the optometrist was like shocked. She was like, wow, she really healed up really nicely. And I told her, well, she's still really sensitive to the light. And she's like, yeah, she's going to be sensitive to the light, but I can't even see the scratch anymore. She's like, it's really hard to see the scratch. And she's like, are you sure it was the right eye? And I go, yeah, it was the right eye. And she's like, okay, it's really hard to see the scratch. So she healed up very nicely. If she's still having problems with um, light sensitivity, continue to put on sunglasses on her. So I sent her to school with sunglasses, I think, for an additional week until she finally um, said that it didn't bother her. So at this point, she I was told that she shouldn't have any vision problems so I'm hoping that that's true. But, you know, when whenever you have injury to the eye, especially the cornea, you never know what kind of damage that's going to do later on. So I'm really hoping that there's no long-lasting injuries or, sorry, no long-lasting vision problems from it. Now, finally, to get to why I've been going to the doctors so much this last two weeks is last week on the 15th, Little Emily was just, she was not running. She wasn't jumping. She wasn't misbehaving, nothing of the sort. She was wearing socks and we have tile in the kitchen. We have tile in the kitchen and she was wearing socks and she walked over to the kitchen. She was going to actually get herself some cookies or chips or something like that. And she was just walking and slipped because she was wearing socks on tile. She just slipped and fell face first on the tile. And she felt so fast that she didn't even have time to lift up her arms and try to stop herself. She just went splat, flat on her face. And Sophia happened to be, she just happened to witness it. And so we were like, were you running? Were you jumping? What were you doing? She's like, nothing. I was just walking. And she just slipped. And there's no water. There was nothing. There was nothing that tripped her. She just slipped. And she fell flat on her face. Well, when we picked her up, she was bleeding, like a lot of bleeding from her nose and her nose immediately looked flat and swollen. Like she, it, her, the bridge of her nose looked flat and she just completely got swollen right away and she immediately started bruising up her cheek and her, her nose and, and her eyes. And we're like, oh my God, this is, it was just happening so fast. And I was like, she broke her nose. She broke her nose. For sure she broke her nose. I was like so devastated. I'm like, oh my God, she broke her nose. She's only five. And so we're putting pressure on her nose and I'm trying to like put the shape back in and, and it's causing her pain. And I know it's causing her pain. And I'm telling her, I'm sorry, baby, but I got to make sure that we help your nose. And we started putting ice on it. And, you know, I gave her Tylenol for the um, pain. I try not to give them Tylenol too much or Motrin or anything like that, but I mean, she was in a lot of pain. So I'm like, I'm going to have to give you something for the pain and, you know, the, the icing. And every day was just looking worse and worse. And I was like, oh, my God, she for sure her nose is broken. And that happened, like I said, on happened on Tuesday. And I was like, what do we do? What do we do? Do we take her to the emergency room? But all they're going to do is say there's nothing we can do about it. And, you know, give her Tylenol and put ice on her. And that's exactly what we're doing right now. And then, you know, when you go to the emergency room, the deductibles are pretty high. It's like, um, I think ours is like $250. I'm like, I don't have $250 just for them to give her Tylenol and ice and say there's nothing we can do. And then also you can't go to the urgent care because they're going to refer you to the emergency room because they don't have x-rays, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, you know what, let's just take care of it ourselves and see what we can do by tomorrow morning. So the next morning, I'm like, oh, my God, it looks worse. It's completely swollen. It doesn't even look like her anymore. Her nose is flat and swollen. 
She's congested. She has bruising everywhere. And so I decide that I'm going to call like the 24-hour nurse that your insurance usually has. Well, my insurance doesn't have that anymore. They're like, we don't have um, nurses to take your calls anymore. Now we have virtual visits. Um, So it's an actual doctor, an actual MD. And what you do is you call and you do a video conference or phone call with them. And they evaluate you. At that point, they'll evaluate you. They'll order labs or x-rays and and medication if you need it. And I thought, oh, well, that's cool, right? I had never done it before. If If you've done it, then you already know this is cool. I've never done it. So I called the virtual doctor. And yeah, he looked at her and he said the exact same thing. He's like, no, don't take her to the emergency room. There's nothing that they're going to do other than what I'm about to tell you, which is, and he checked her out. Like I, I moved it all around so that he can look at her nose properly. And he said, um, give her Tylenol for the pain. I sit down every three hours, wait five days and take her to the ENT, to the ear, nose and throat doctor so that they can evaluate what's going on inside. But right now, he said, um, I don't think it's broken. It doesn't look broken. It just looks really swollen. And yes, all that bruising is from the fall. So I thought, okay. But then my next concern was she fell so fast. She didn't have time to put up her hands and her nose is pretty bruised. And so are her eyes. So I thought I need to take her into the chiropractor to make sure that the jaw is okay and the neck is okay. Because the way she fell, I just could tell that there's no way that her jaw and her neck were not affected. And it's a good thing that I did because um, when I took her in, yes, the doctor did say that her jaw was misaligned and it took her a while to adjust it. And then her neck as well. And then, you know, the rest of her body. And she had the same advice, like, you know, wait a couple of days and take her to the NT. So on Monday, this past Monday, I took her to the ear, nose and throat doctor and still the swelling, still the nose. The swelling had gone down on the outside, um, not 100 percent. You know, it's still a little swollen, but her bruising. I'm like, oh my gosh, she has two black eyes. And you know, how am I going to take her anywhere (laughs) looking like this? What are they going to say? So when I took her to the ENT, um, she took a look inside and said, so far, I don't think anything's broken. For sure, nothing's broken on the outside. Um, I don't think anything is broken on the inside because there's still swelling. Even though it's been six days, there's still a lot of swelling on the inside. And I told her, well, she sounds very congested. And we've been giving her ice every three hours and, you know, I'm trying to do what I can for her face, but it's the inside that has me worried because I don't know what's going on inside. And so that's what she said, that because the inside is still swollen, that's why she sounds congested. If the congestion lasts two months, then come back so we can see what kind of damage was done inside. So, but because she's so young, um, I told them, like, I know she's so young. I know you're not going to operate on her nose. And, but they, but then I was corrected by saying, yeah, you know, if it's nothing that's going to keep her from breathing, then we're not going to do anything. But if the damage is inside and the, the septum is so deviated where she's going to have problems breathing, then we will go in there and, and uh, do surgery. But so far, it seems like she's going to be okay. Like all the swelling has finally come down. She doesn't sound congested anymore. It's been, um, what is it, like 10 days? I think, longer. It's been almost two weeks. And 
the swelling has gone down. She still has a lot of uh, bruising. And I was told that she needed to have alternative recess. So now she can't even play with her classmates at school during recess. There's no jumping, no running. There's because the fear is if she injures herself again, for sure, something's going to go wrong inside the nose or on or the bridge of the nose. So what we need to avoid is re-injuring her. So now poor little girl, she has to go to the office and color while everybody else is playing recess. And because this happened, we don't want to take her to the pumpkin patch because, you know, right now all there is is a bunch of bouncy houses and she can't do that stuff. And I mean, I feel bad that Sophia and Grace are missing out on the pumpkin patch, but at the same time, it's like, how are we going to take them and not Emily? And how are we going to, you know, we can't let her do anything because she might hurt herself. So lately, these last two weeks, I'm just telling Emily, stop running, don't jump, don't do this, don't do that, be careful with your face. Um, Out of frustration, I don't know why, but out of frustration, she usually does like slam herself onto the pillows or slam herself onto the couch cushions, like face first. And we're telling like, you cannot do that. You're going to hurt yourself. So that's my story as a mom with injured children. Now, before I let you go, I want to also tell you about my story when I was a little baby, how I got injured. So I can't even imagine what my parents must have gone through when this happened to me. So I actually still can remember this. Um, I was three years old. My mom was pregnant with my uh, younger brother. And we went to the Rose Bowl Parade in Pasadena. And I remember we were going up um, some stairs in the apartments. I don't, I think we were visiting. I think my mom wanted to visit a family member or a friend or somebody. She wanted to visit at these apartment buildings. And I remember going up the stairs with her and holding her hand and telling her like any other three-year-old that, you know, is so headstrong, I could do it myself. I can, I can walk by myself. I can walk by myself. So I let go of her arm and I ran up ahead and I saw my brother and my cousin and they were swinging on the banister. Now, this was in 1979. Okay. The safety codes are not the same back then as they are now. Like right now, there's a lot of safety codes you have to meet. Back then, back in 1979, the codes weren't there. So the banister, the second story apartment building and the banister was just a bar, just a bar. And, you know, to hold on to on the walkway. And there was no no uh, barrier other than just that bar. So I saw my brothers, my my older brother and my cousin, and I saw them jump and grab onto the bar and swing back and forth and then get back onto the walkway. And this is the second floor, right? And I thought, that looks like fun. I, I, I'm telling you, I still remember. And I thought, that looks like fun. And that's why I let go of my mom's hand and I ran upstairs and I jumped and I grabbed the bar and I could swing. And I, and I remember thinking like, oh, wow, I did it. I did it. You know, I was like so proud of myself that I did it and I could feel myself swinging back and forth. And then my mom saw me and she screamed out my name and I was trying to get back onto the walkway, but I couldn't and I let go or I slipped. And as I was tumbling down, I still can remember the feeling of tumbling down thinking, this is fun. And then I don't remember anything else. I don't, everything went black. I don't remember anything else. Well, what my parents tell me is when I let go and I started tumbling down, my dad happened to be 
not going upstairs. Like he happened to be like right underneath me. And he saw and he ran to try to grab me. But I slipped through his fingers. Like he, he, he broke my fall, but he didn't exactly catch me. And so I slipped through his fingers and still landed on my head on the left side of my uh, face. And I was unconscious. And so my mom's like running downstairs. The boys are also running downstairs and screaming and crying. And so my dad, his army first aid training kicked in and he picked me up and he was like trying to get me going, trying to get me moving. But I was unconscious and he kept like trying to like he shook me a bit and then started smacking me on the face, trying to get me to cry. And then as soon as I came to, because I mean, I guess the army teaches you to do it hard, you know, hard enough so that the unconscious person can feel the pain and wake up, right? So he did it hard. And my mom was like, oh, my God, he's going to kill her because <laughs> she didn't know what he was trying to do. And so so once I like start like trying to catch my breath, um, I was just like a little dazed, right? And he stood me up and he was like smacking me around, telling me to walk. I don't remember any of this. This is what my parents tell me. Smacking me around, trying to get me to walk until I finally like kind of like limped around and started walking and started crying. And my mom picked me up. And then my dad is still very salty about this. Like he is still very resentful. I guess he told her, why are you holding her now? Like the damage is done. Why did you hold her now? And so if he ever like talks about like still to this day, if he talks about it, he'll still like cross his arms and start like rolling his eyes and shaking his head. And he'll go and Rita just let her fall. <laughs> my poor mom. It wasn't my mom's fault. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't even my fault. Like the, the safety was not there, you know, 1979, the safety bill, the building safety was not there. There was no barrier. I have to imagine that I wasn't the only child or person or even maybe even animals must have fallen off of that because it was just not safe at all. Now you may look at me and say, oh, but you turned out fine, right? No, actually there is internal damage to the ear my eardrum was damaged. And I am a little hard of hearing from my left ear as a result of it. But I mean, I did survive and I and I credit my dad for my survival over it. Um, he got me conscious. He got me walking. They did not take me to the doctor at that time because they thought that x-rays back then, they thought x-rays were dangerous for children. So with a head injury, they did not take me to the doctor. They did not seek any medical help at the time until um, later once I started complaining about my ear. Growing up, I had a lot of ear infections, but it was due to that injury. And like I said, there is internal damage to my ear. I, I am hard of hearing a little bit in my left ear. It's gotten better as I gotten older, but it was a lot worse when I was younger. Like I was really hard of hearing when I was younger to the point where they did check to see if I should have a hearing aid. And the doctors told my parents that a hearing aid wouldn't help me because the damage was from the injury. And growing up, it didn't, although I can hear better, it didn't repair itself. It's just, I'm just older. Now, other than that, I don't think I had any other injuries. Illnesses, yes, but not injuries like that. No, not physical injuries. I've never broken anything. I ran into the door and the glass door, the sliding door, face first too. So I have a bump on my nose and I think it's a result of that because I, I would hit my nose all the time too, just like Emily. 
I guess that's why I like flip out and get all crazy whenever she hits her nose because I've done the same thing. But other than that, um, yeah, other than that, no broken bones, nothing like that. Um, I got really lucky that I survived that fall because at three years old, falling from a second story building and landing on your face, I mean, you would think that there would be a lot more damage than just a little bit of hard of hearing. So if you're out there and your baby's been injured and, you know, he or she has fallen, hurt herself, um, have black eyes, broken noses, uh, broken arms or anything like that, you're okay. You're still a good mom. You're okay. This just happens with children, especially children that are very active. They, They end up hurting themselves. And, you know, hopefully it's nothing that they can't recover from. So keep on being the good mom that you are. Do what you can for your kid and know that you're not alone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, share it with a mom friend. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to Chapters of Motherhood podcast. You can rate and review on Apple Podcast. You can leave me a voicemail message on Anchor FM. Also, make sure to follow me on Instagram at Chapters of Motherhood or Twitter at mother podcaster. Thank you so much for listening. I am your host, Veronica. Tune in each week to find your chapter of motherhood.